This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hubert Elk, he dangles in, tries to drop, pass, but it's intercepted, and now a 2-1-1 the other way. Kyrou and Thomas, Kyrou to Thomas, he shoots and scores! Robert Thomas, one times the puck over a down and out Jacob Markstrom who smashes his goal stick as he walks down the tunnel towards the Flames. Dressing room, a second straight 4-3 overtime loss to start a five game road trip. The Flames had a 3-1 third period lead. The Blues battled back with three unanswered and skate to a 4-3 win. Deja vu to start the road trip for the Calgary Flames. Two games in, two, four, three overtime losses last night against the St. Louis Blues, as you just heard from Derek Wills. Welcome to Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960. The fans, Logan Gordon along with you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening in. Quick reminder, the fan feedback line always open to you at 960 960, questions, comments, concerns. Following a Flames 4-3 loss to the St. Louis Blues, we're coming at you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio on this Wednesday, January 11th, chilly Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Cam and Taylor in the other room, the outstanding production duo. You're on Sportsnet today. I don't even think it's that cold today. I think it's warm. It's chilly. It's It's got it's a warm. bite to it. No. It's not warm. It's warm. I don't know that it's warm. It's negative nine outside. That's it's not warm. It's warm. No. Uh, Brody on the beat zone. Alex Brody's hanging out this afternoon as well. Just never wants to leave this place. Hi, Brods. Good afternoon, Logan. How you doing? I'm doing well, like you said. Getting ready to go do Brody on the beat. So if you're... You're downtown. Avoid me because I will be coming and I will be talking. <laughs> Don't miss uh, the next edition of Brody on the Beat uh, as part of the big show in the morning uh, with Russick and Rose every single morning, 6 to 9 a.m. here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Busy show for you. We'll chat Flames and Blues coming up in just moments with Peter Labardius. Uh, we'll also dive into the Calgary Hitman post-trade deadline. GM Jeff Chanel is going to join us in hour two. And uh, I'll tease a bit of a surprise guest coming up in hour two as well. Uh, a voice very familiar to these airwaves uh, is back to uh, to chat some different sports topics with us to kick off hour two. I'll let you know who that is uh, a little bit later on in the show. But we'll kick things off this afternoon by uh, saying hello to our Flames insider and the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. It is Peter Labardius. He's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles and reward miles. Visit them at GeminiGroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I am fine. When... uh... When's Alex going to come visit me for a little Lou exclusive on Brody on the beat? Alex? Lou, let's make it happen. Get it on the books, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now, though, we're not doing it outside, and we're not <laughs> doing it outside the studio either. 
got some limitations, but we're going to make that happen. Get that one on the books, Alex. Okay. Uh, right. Lou, Flames fall 4-3 in overtime. That's the second time that we've started this conversation off uh, on this road trip with that exact sentence. This time it's a loss in St. Louis. Flames with a 3-1 lead in the third period that quickly disappeared. What did you make of uh, last night's effort in St. Louis? I'm going to throw it back at you. What what stuck out with you before I go today in regards to whether you want to group both of them together, um, things that bothered you? I'm going to start with you today. Sure. I liked the first 40 minutes for this group, to be honest. I thought they did a lot of good things. Uh, I liked, again, that Backland, Coleman, Manjapani line. I thought they played another outstanding game. Uh, Flames did a good job limiting opportunities for the Blues, but it felt like all of a sudden that third period came at them, and I don't know if they weren't ready, if the Blues hit them with something they just weren't expecting, but after that point, it just felt like they they got away and were chasing the game again, and we're pretty lucky that that 4-3 goal comes back on a great offside challenge. I just I walked away with a really good 40 minutes and not much else past that, Lou. For me... Very similar, except I wouldn't throw the first 10 minutes in to make it 40. I would make it 30. Okay. Because I did not, again, love how they started the game. I thought they waded in a little bit. It wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I thought they absolutely dictated and really got to their game. Not unlike Chicago, really. Uh in the second period, the second period was by far their best. And what last night just showed again is with an approach where awareness isn't incredibly high and when momentum swings the same way it swung for the Flames in the first after the game was tied and then eventually they took the lead in the first. What you do with the momentum and how you deal with the other team having it, again, is always the big story. And it was, again, last night. So, you know, we're talking about really in many ways, and you're right, I mean, they were very fortunate because that momentum was still flying on the challenge. But... They have a couple of breakdowns within 28 seconds, and 3-1 evaporates like that. And all that good work is is somewhat wasted. But that's what bothered me about last night, is just their ability to not allow the third one after the second one, and how quickly it comes. When momentum swings, Logan... Your ability to, you know, limit that damage and get it back into a better place with a bump-up shift and then maybe two shifts in a row after a goal is, is incredibly important. And they didn't do that. And that's why they ended up on the backside of the momentum and, you know, didn't make the world's best decision in overtime and you make it against two players and really how I should have started this in many ways 
Flames didn't have an answer for the Thomas line last night. They really didn't. And they tried, you know, they didn't have last change, which was big for Craig Berube, who all night long really wanted that line against either the Lindholm line or the Cadre line. And when that happened, they were very, very successful. And it's not just on those groupings. I, I did not think that the top four in particular, you know, handled those people all that well either. So lots of storylines, same results, some different nuances. And again, without a doubt, the best trio on the ice, 11, 88, 20. Yeah, that's uh, become a pretty common theme since those three have been back together. Backland and Manjapani, both with a goal last night. Lou, why why does that group work so well together in your mind? Because I asked, Blake was talking about this after the Islanders game last week, and he just said, look, we're just so comfortable with each other. It just it feels like it's a, a great combination, and it, it has been since they've they've been together for a couple of weeks now. Well, I think you used the key word in the question, and the key word in the question was work. Their work, their attention to detail, their ability to get in on the forecheck, their ability to get pucks in behind the defense and not turn pucks over in key places. That is why they have been so effective. Their work has been Excellent. And then you combine that with guys who like to play with one another, who have had some success, um, players. I'm not sure Blake Coleman's ever played better hockey as a Calgary Flame than he has the last couple of weeks. Um, Michael Backlund's game is at a high level. And, you know, probably the most positive thing that came out of last night was to see Andrew Mangiapane get rewarded for some of his recent work with a multi-point game and and being around it and scoring for the first time in 12, you really hope that a game like last night is, is a real springboard for a guy who needs to be in that column, the points column more often. But when the work is good and when the details are good, the results usually find a way to support it and their work excellent another point from last night that we've uh, talked at nauseum about this year Lou but continue to have to discuss is this team's play in overtime they win the draw but uh, just 28 seconds later find the puck in their own net and the game is over uh, head coach Daryl Sutter was asked post game about you know what sort of pattern he's seen from his group when it comes to their play in overtime can score, you get a possession, you can't turn pucks over. That's there's a yeah, there's a pattern. You scored one, 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 and lost eight. That's the pattern. Yeah, they have turned too many pucks over. And Jonathan Huberto turned a puck over. And anytime you drop a puck back away from your momentum heading to the opponent's net. It, it can be really, really difficult. And in some ways, and I've watched that play four or five times now, I, I think Jonathan really thought that Rasmus Anderson had closer support 
and that he felt like they actually had a chance, you know, in a bit of a, a three-on-two situation themselves. But, again, there are certain times in a game, and that's one of them, you know, whether it's down the stretch in the third period of the tie game at a point where you don't want to turn momentum over to the other team, you have to be incredibly sure that that puck is going to, if you're going to go that direction with it, you've got to be sure that it's going to get to where it needs to go. And it probably literally, Logan, was one more step away from possibly having a chance to end the game the other way. But Rasmus didn't get there. Jonathan should have held on to the puck or, you know, it should not have assumed necessarily that maybe he had the close support. I don't hear what goes on on the ice. We hear lots, but, you know, I don't know if somebody called for it. But once again, for Jonathan, you know, a situation where he's probably trying to do more when it could be a little less. One thing we talked about heading into uh, last night's game, Peter, this Flames team needing to be hard on the young St. Louis defense who was dealing with a lot of injuries. Do you think the Flames did a good enough job of that last night? Uh, one group did a really, really good job of it. The other groups um, did it at times, not consistently enough. There, there's been there's been one line in particular, and again, they've had a lot of tough matchups during the stretch. I almost feel like Elias Lindholm right now isn't 100% healthy. Uh, that has been the one group the last three or four games. Now, have they made some things happen as they did in Chicago on the power play? Yes. But I... I would say, you know, if you look at the Flames' three lines, which for me, there's not really a lot of separation between them from game to game at times. There is right now because the backland line is playing so well. I don't think they've had a good start to the trip, and I didn't even necessarily feel like they were, you know, where they can be and where they were on the last trip since Christmas. So that's that's an observation and so but again they were out a lot against the Thomas line and the Thomas line had the puck. But our marquee match last night Logan was the Flames six guys in the back needed to be better than the six guys on the other team. Let me ask you this, which group of six do you think was better? Uh, St. Louis this was. They were more effective. Yep. But it like they weren't. It's not like the Flames didn't have chances. No, sure did. They didn't have a blanket. They didn't have a blanket thrown at them. But when I compare, even if you go, you know, Pareko and and Falk, and I know they play on different pairings. Their their best guys were probably a little bit better. 
Uh, Chat with Peter Labardius here following the Flames' 4-3 loss in overtime against the St. Louis Blues. They're back at it on Thursday in St. Louis once again uh, against the Blues. Uh, Lou, a couple more for you before we let you go this afternoon. Wanted to get your thoughts on Walker Dewar's season debut. Just over, just under, I should say, 13 minutes of ice time. Three hits, one shot on goal in front of friends and family in St. Louis. I thought Walker gave them exactly what they would have been looking for. He skated well. I thought, especially in the first half of that game, that line was really, really good and spent... Matter of fact, to begin the game, Logan, that was the one group at that time, even probably ahead of the backland line, that was spending considerable amounts of time on their shifts doing what you wanted to do. And that was, you know, put pressure on a very shorthanded St. Louis group on the back. So for, you know, two periods in particular, I thought he did a really, really good job. Skated. Um, you're not going to expect a ton of offense from him. He's never given anybody a ton of offense. Going back to his days, even you know, in the USHL with the Chicago Steel. But he skated, got in on the forecheck, helped that line hold up its end of the bargain for the most part. I, I quite liked him. I, I think his play would would earn him another go around, but we'll, you know, we'll see what the flames have to offer when they get back to work tomorrow morning. And that's something I wanted to talk about with you before I let you go here. An interesting thing that came out of COVID was these sort of two game sets in town. Instead of making two trips to St. Louis this year, the flames simply are here for the middle of the week, Lou. And it's an interesting wrinkle in all of it, but I'm curious how you see it going up against the same team in short succession like this. They've obviously got the day off today, but you're back at it uh, again on Thursday against this Blues team. I wish there was more of them. I really do. I wouldn't want it to be any more than two, like we went through in the bubble season where you played teams sometimes four and five times in a row and in the same location. But I love these miniseries. And, and I think, by and large, I haven't heard anybody, you know, complain. I, I I like that it's just that, a bit of a series. I love it from a analyst standpoint where you get to truly get a feel in game two for adjustments and matchups and, you know, see how the Flames, you know, the big storyline for me already tomorrow is how you handle the Thomas line and who's going to do it and who needs to be better at it. I, I think even from a travel perspective, I think I think it's a much better situation to find yourself in the same place for three or four days outside of, you know, getting in a city, jumping on a plane, getting in late, and going through it all every single time on your trip. So I'm a big fan. I'd, I'd like to see more of it. Yeah, interesting how... You know, the COVID stuff worked out and some of these interesting points still, you know, stick around. It's uh, I think it's one the players like quite a bit, being able to settle in, and they're so used to it. Lou, you know as well as anybody, you know, packing your stuff up as fast as you can, post-game, oh. getting in the shower, running to the plane. It's a, it's a nice change for them on the road to 
be able to unpack the suitcase a little bit, even if it is just at a hotel for, you know, two or three days. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that, you know, personally, you know, is it is it fabulous to go to all those cities? Yes. Do I miss it? Absolutely, I do. And I miss being in the rink for games more than anything. But I would love a situation, you know, to be in those cities, have a little bit more opportunity to, you know, whatever it is you like to do, whether it's restaurants, um, you know, I was on, I was on the fan in St. Louis yesterday talking about the game. And the first thing I threw out was, well, do the Billikens play like tonight? <laughs> they go, yeah, we'd love to have you. Well, <laughs> you know, so for me, that, that, that's one of the great, that's one of the great misses for me is I, I love the opportunity in other cities to frankly go investigate other sports things and, and things I don't have the opportunity to do. Um, you know, obviously living in the city that I, that I do not that I don't get to the odd rink or field or ballpark. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go here, gut feeling, would you like to see Pelche in on Thursday? Would I like to see Jacob in on Thursday? Sure. Sure, I'd like to see Jacob in on Thursday. Um, but you just asked about, you know, Walker Dewar. I, I still think Logan coming out of last night, I, I my first priority for the Flames is that they need more of their key people to be better rather than probably adding to the group. Do I want to see it at some point? Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. And if it's tomorrow, fantastic. I've been watching this player for a long time. I've watched him six or seven times at the American League level this season. So, absolutely, I'd love to see him at some point. Lou, appreciate the time as always, sir. We'll chat with you tomorrow on uh, another game day in St. Louis. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, pal. I, I most certainly will. You, you guys do, and tell Brody to you know don't take any don't take any guff out there on the street. <laughs> Brody, be on your best behavior. Thanks, Lou. Bye. There you go, Peter Lavardius, Flames Insider, the color voice of the Calgary Flames. Here on Sportsnet nine sixty, the Fan Flames fall four three to the St. Louis Blues. Last night in overtime, Peter joins us every single day to kick off Sportsnet today, and he's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at GeminiGroup.ca. We're not done talking Calgary Flames. We'll dive more into the Blues and the Flames from last night. We'll head back. To St. Louis, hear from Nazem Kadri, Daryl Sutter, among others. Plus, we'll jump in on the text line and get your feel following another Flames overtime loss. That's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. How would you, uh, how would you describe this hockey game? Uh, I had a hard time handling the Thomas line. Is that all night long you talk? Yeah, they scored the power play goal to start, and they scored the third goal against our veteran top line, and they scored in overtime. <laughs> so, 
I'd say that's the whole game. That's the whole game. That's what head coach Daryl Sutter thought of his team's performance following a 4-3 overtime loss to the St. Louis Blues. Another one-goal game. Another overtime loss. Flames now lead the NHL in post-regulation losses. Shootouts in overtime included. They've got nine of them on the year. Positive side, that's nine loser points. On the negative side, that's nine points lost for a team right in the middle of a playoff chase. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, breaking down the Flames and the Blues from last night. The fan feedback line always open to you at 960-960. And a frustrating night last night for the Calgary Flames. A 3-1 lead heading into the third period. Quickly evaporates. Goals from uh, Alexandrov and Kairou, 220 and 248 in. There's almost a third goal early in the third that gets called back on a coach's challenge, a successful one for offside. Game goes to overtime, and 28 seconds in, Robert Thomas, his 11th of the season from Jordan Kairou, Ends it. Flames did win the faceoff. They had possession going into the blue zone. A drop back pass from Jonathan Huberdo. Misses Rasmus Anderson. It's a two-on-one. It's a game ender. And the frustration level for a lot of people around this team is very high right now. And the Flames are in a tough spot because we talk about this all the time, that you don't want to be stuck in the middle. You never want to be that team that's good enough to be there but not good enough to win it all. And that's kind of where the Calgary Flames are in all of this. Rightfully so, I think in some circumstances, we're talking about what does this team need? What what can we add to this team to make it better? But that's a tough spot to be in because has this team showed you that they're a Stanley Cup contender worthy of going out and spending top prospects, top draft picks on this season. An interesting point that a few people I've seen make, over you kind of shoehorned into it if you're Brad for living. Given the, the offseason that you had, given the expectations that this team has, and, and look, it's not all doom and gloom. I know there's a lot of negative around this team, and I understand it. And we'll get into some of the texts at 960-960 in a bit here. We'll also hear from Daryl Sutter. We'll hear from Nazem Kadri in just a couple moments here. As frustrating as it's been, when we look at the standings today, this team is right in the thick of it. That's, that's good news. For a team that hasn't always had success when it comes to just getting into the postseason. That's a positive. I've lived here my entire life. I've watched this team go up and down one year to the next year. Rarely making it in back-to-back seasons. 
and barely being able to build off of, quote-unquote, what they did in the previous year's postseason. They at least have a chance just past the midway point of the NHL season for them, 42 games in, to say they're in a playoff spot. Are they where they were last year? No. Are they as dynamic as they were last year? No. But to throw the towel in on a team that's in a wild card spot, in the top wild card spot, as of today, to me is is getting ahead of yourself. You can be frustrated with this team, and believe me, that watching it is is as frustrating as anything. Because at times they look like contenders, and at times they look like a team that could do some damage. And then there's the last two games where you don't show up defensively against Chicago. You come out lifeless in the third period and let a Blues team back in when you should have been able to control that game. And in previous years under Daryl Sutter, that wouldn't have been a problem. The third periods, holding on to leads, all of that can lead to an immature team, a team that you know, walked into the third period last night and said, look, we're fine. We're in a two-goal lead situation. We're going to be all right here. Didn't happen. Should be enough learning points of this season to have known that that wasn't going to be the case. But here we are. A um, couple of texts at, at 960-960. Because there's been a lot here. Um... This text says, why worry about picks and prospects when Sutter won't play them? Prospects and picks leave when he is the coach. This text says, they've shown me that they're a team that gives the puck away at bad times and can't get a save when they need one. Uh, Forget about winning it all. They won't make the playoffs. This is a terrible hockey team. And see, that's that right there. And it's, it's not direct towards that texture, but I've seen a lot of that from different places, whether it be social media, the people I talk to, that oh, this is a terrible team. What are we talking about here? I don't know if people remember how inconsistently this team has made the playoffs. And the fact that we're mid-January, or almost mid-January, and they're still in as good a shape as anybody to make the playoffs. Not as good a shape as anybody. But you can easily see a path to the playoffs is still a positive. They're not a terrible hockey team. They're not. Are they a frustrating hockey team? Absolutely. A hundred percent. They might be one of the most frustrating teams in the entire league right now. Because there's clearly talent there. There's clearly skill there. You've seen it at times. But they're, they're, that's, and that's the problem, is they're not terrible. But I also won't sit here and tell you that they're great because they're not great. And that pendulum could still swing either way. And that's where the trouble comes in for Brad's living. And maybe it's not. Maybe Brad is committed to letting this thing go as a contending team and has to look at it from that lens given what the offseason was. And given that Nazem Kadri gets a year older. Chris Tanev gets a year older. A couple guys that really make up the important pieces of this team get a year older. 
but it's it's a frustrating spot to be in. And that's why I understand people feeling the way they feel about this team. Uh, more of your texts at 960-960. We will hear from the head coach, Daryl Sutter, uh, following last night's game. Also, we'll make sure to get Nazem Kadri in there uh, before hour one is done. Uh, this text says, why will no one call a spade a spade and calling out Markstrom? He couldn't stop a beach ball. Again, was it great last night? No. Has it been below average or below standard for Jacob Markstrom? Sure. I, I won't sit here and tell you that I thought Markstrom had a great night last night. But, again, for me, it's it's a team thing, too, in all of this. I thought he had some big saves last night. The OT one, I won't put on him. A two-on-one, that's a really tough spot. Um, it, yeah, and again, Jacob's kind of been a mirror of this team, if you will. Good at times, not great at other times. And for the, the number of you texting, hey, what happens to on Thursday? Would, it, would you go to Vladar? I would. Um, da, da, da. lots on Sutter here. Uh, Wong from Calgary says flames need a captain. Who's the last team to win a cup without one. Yeah. I'm not even, I know that's been a, a topic of conversation here for a while. The, the captain C they did fine without one last year. I just, I don't here's, here's what I'll say on that. Is that the team's biggest problem right now? That that's that's how I'd answer. I don't think that's in any way, shape, or form this team's biggest problem. I think they're again, they've got talent, they've got guys that have been there, the Stanley Cup winners, blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know that sewing a C on a guy's chest changes it. Uh, lots of texts at 960-960. We'll get to more. We'll react to more of them in just a minute here. Uh, but did want to play this. Uh, head coach Daryl Sutter, he spoke to the media last night following the loss in St. Louis. His team back at it again Thursday night, again against the Blues. How would you, uh, how would you describe this hockey game here? Uh, I had a hard time handling the Thomas line. Is that all night long you talk? Yeah, they scored the power play goal to start, and they... Scored the third goal against our veteran top line, and they scored in overtime. <laughs> so I'd say that's the whole game. What happened on the overtime goal? Kuberdo uh, turned the puck over, cutting the net, and Rass probably would prefer to be in the middle of the ice. Those two quick ones at the start of the third, how did you think your team responded to that? Uh, how did we respond to it? Well, we got it to overtime. It was 3-3 right away. Sort of like the start of the game. <laughs> what, why do you think those two quick goals? What did I think? Why? Yeah. Or what do you, why it would be, I'd say the first one was just a friggin' rebound, and the second one was against the it's one line against the Thomas line. We turned the puck over, and then, then the wingers didn't take the middle. So it was line versus line. That's why. Is there any sort of pattern emerging, you know, 
overtime record's really been not good this year. You gotta score, you gotta have possession, you can't turn pucks over. That's there's a yeah, there's a pattern. You scored one, one, one and lost eight, that's the pattern. And, and you've talked a lot about it overtime. The key is not these long stretch passes, it's keeping it just possessing the puck. There wasn't there it? wasn't long stretch passes. No, I know this time what I'm saying. I mean, we go over it lots of them, but then you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta be able to execute it and do it. I mean, we switched around with different guys starting. You're trying, you know, you're really sure on the road who the other team's gonna start. So we've done different things. So we just went head to head tonight. So Cadre, Huberdo, and and uh, Anderson against against their three big guys. It's up to them then. Talk about feeling good about the point. Got to take the point on the road. Take it. It's the best way to look at it, right? What did you get from that uh, Manjapani, Coleman, and, and Batman? Scored two, two goals, even though the first one was sort of in a change. But uh, they've been getting lots of shots, lots of opportunities. So it was good, it was good to see Manj score. Because right? he's had a lot of those right in that area from there to the goalie where he hasn't scored. So it's good for him to score. What did you think of uh, Walker Dewar? Pardon? Walker Dewar's game tonight? Uh, you know what? He's got an identity. Brett, he's playing because Brett Ritchie's hurt, right? So he's got to do that job for you. Got some energy there from that fourth line, do you think? The fourth line was good, other than Rosie going down on, this, on the uh, yeah. third goal. Rosie goes down and doesn't get off, and then Naz comes on, and then, and then uh, that's second goal, actually. Yeah, second goal. Right? Second goal. Yeah. And so Naz is just a little late going on because Rosie's late getting off, but then. You know, that's just a shot through. That can't be a rebound there. That's the head coach, Daryl Sutter, following his team's 4-3 loss in overtime to the St. Louis Blues. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Reacting to last night's loss for the Flames, your text at 960-960. We'll be going through them throughout the segment and we'll continue to do so. Um... Still want to hear from Nazem Kondry. Thought he had some great things to say following the loss last night. Uh, one of those leaders in the room for this team. Uh, but right now, we'll continue reading some of your texts at 960-960. Uh, this text says, it's not about putting the C on somebody's chest. It's about finding that player that has captain's pedigree for the team. We don't have that. That's what the guy was saying earlier. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I do think that this team has plenty of guys that are captain material. I think that it's just when you have a lot of those guys, and I I truly think that Matthew Kachuk was en route to being that guy. But at the same time, this Flames organization, especially look at the last two captains, Gio and Iggy, they were long-term captains for this group. The position not kind of has to come with a long-term commitment to the organization at this point. I don't think that this team, this organization is in any way, shape or form interested in the guy that's going to be the captain for two years and then passing it off again. So it's, it's frustrating. Uh, this one's from Jamie and Airdrie logo. The flames are atrocious in OT. Uh, what the hell kind of play was that from Hubie last night? They look frail under overtime pressure. I don't know what the fix is, but hopefully they get something figured out soon need those extra points. I uh, don't disagree on that one. That OT was was brutal. I've said this a couple of times. You win the face-off clean in overtime, 
you have possession and 28 seconds in, uh, it's in the back of your net. That's just not good enough. This team needs two points. They're where they are, luckily, because they've pushed enough of these games into overtime and because the NHL has a loser point. But sooner than later, you don't turn those into two. You're going to be on the wrong side of the playoff picture that you're you're in good shape on right now. Uh, time to get rid of Sutter. This Texas says Sutter lost the room. I it's that's impossible to read from the outside. I think I I can't give you that answer. Do I think you're getting rid of the coach who just signed an extension here? No. Do I think you're getting rid of the coach that, as of right now, has a longer term? on his deal than the GM does? No. He, he can be successful. Last year it was in Sutter We Trust, and 42 games in, it's fire Sutter. I don't, I don't think it works that way. And I don't, I don't even think it's a fair way to go about your business. In the offseason, there wasn't a single Flames fan. And look, maybe maybe you're the one in the offseason, and, and I'm sure the text line will point out that said, oh, this isn't going to work with Daryl. But I don't. I can't remember hearing a single comment about that in the offseason that Daryl wasn't the right guy to have this team going forward. The transition goes both ways. The players adapting to the system, Daryl adapting to his players. If you want to talk about young guys not getting into crucial areas. I'm more for that conversation. But is that a fireable offense? No. And and stop again. Frustrating group. I get it. What team in a playoff position is firing their head coach in January? That didn't come with massive outside allegations. The answer is none of them. Am I crazy, bros? Am I am I off the rails here? Because I don't... You can say it all you want, but who is firing a coach in a playoff position? Has it been frustrating? Yes. Has it been all of these things? You're in a playoff spot today. It's not the end of the world. No, I don't think it's time to press the panic button yet. There's, there's still time. You know, we kind of are all hoping that the Kraken fall off, and they, they aren't, which is a little bit of a concern, but... You also just have to think about everything that Sutter has built here since his return to the Flames. And honestly, I don't think firing the coach is going to is going to solve anything at this at this moment in time. So, yes, I understand the frustration and sort of like the the difference in opinion between the fans and maybe Sutter's team decisions. But at the end of the guy at the end of the day, this guy knows hockey. He knows what he's doing. I'm going to go trust the process. Don't panic yet. And let's just kind of see what happens here. I just find that incredibly hard to believe that if that wasn't in any other situation, like the are the are the Washington Capitals right now go and fire the coach because they're in the first wild card spot in the East? No, no one's doing that. And and yes, I will uh, fully admit, Jacob Markstrom. Below 900 save percentage has not been good enough. I get it. The guy was in Vesna Trophy consideration last year. And 42 games into this season, there are so many of... Trade him. Trade him. See you later. We, we need the scoring. Trade him. 
I, I don't I don't get that. I don't get it. I'm still I, I just a 42 game sample size that still has you in a playoff spot just to me is is not run to the hills territory. I just I can't get there. And I'm believe me, I fall, I'm at the home games with Pat. I'm here watching them all the time. I'm listening to text line. I'm on Twitter following everything as much as I can because I want to get the pulse of what Flames fans are feeling and where the frustration comes from. It's just to me, and maybe last year spoiled us a bit. Maybe having such a great team that did so well last year spoiled us a bit, but I'll go back to it a thousand times, and it's just that talk about the consistency with this group and how hard it has been some years, even during the Kachuk-Gaudreau years, which were some really good years, they weren't consistently a playoff team during that span. It was still in one out year, out in the next. It was it was back and forth. And here we're talking about potentially getting back there again at the halfway point. And it's this isn't good enough. This isn't bad enough. You need to fire the coach. You need to trade the goalie. And you need to, to put Pelche Phillips on the first line and, and go from there. And again, <laughs> I'll say this again. I'll, I'll back everything up with what people are saying. Does Markstrom need to be better? Absolutely he does. 100%. But the team as a whole needs to be better. You also have another great backup option in Dan Vladar, who I think needs to see another run of starts here. Can the young guys come in and have a, a place in that? Yeah, sure they can. But it's also, you've got to earn it. And I just... I'm a bit taken aback by how quickly some people are to to pull the rug out of this whole thing 42 games into the season. Some more text at, at 960-960. Uh, not saying fire the coach. Maybe instead of blaming Huberto all the time for not being as good, he needs to put some heat on Sutter. Um, <laughs> this text says, Oilers fan here. You trade your goalie for a scorer, you'll become the Oilers. This text says, if Ladar is in net, we win an OT last night. Whatever happened to playing the best goalie until he blows it? Uh, forget about who has the big salary. Oh, uh, A couple other ones I wanted to read here. Jared in Lethbridge uh, text in, the Calgary Flames have picked fourth once, sixth a few times, and 10 to 28 a million times. Not a lot of NHL regulars that make a difference at those spots. Backlund's a unicorn. Um, the Flames are missing Moxie and finish. If I'm an Oilers fan, I get to see two or three flashy goals amid the losing. Instead, we get the Homer Simpson dough moments. The winning in the middle does generate cash flow each season, but one season of greatness can carry over into a generation of fans just as 2004 did. Uh, this text from Peter says, this team goes as far as Jacob Markstrom is going to take us. This one says, I find it funny that Sutter has the reputation of never starting prospects when just last season he put a ton of faith into Shillington. Sutter will play young players if they've earned the chance, but playing experience is a valued commodity for a reason. Sutter trusts those players for a reason. Um, Washington didn't have Backstrom or Wilson, so awful comparison. That, that's not... I understand that they had the injuries. My point is, what other playoff team right now is having a conversation regarding firing the coach? 
there isn't one. Even most of the teams that are close to a wild card or a playoff spot, not having that conversation right now. Um, how do you feel about Lindy, Kadri, Huberto as the line? Um, I'm opposed to moving Lindholm to the wing. I've been on that train for a while. I think he's still your best center. Um, if you go back to hour one here in our earlier chat with Peter Labardius, wherever you get your podcasts, you know, uh, is Lindholm dealing with something? The the biggest surprise to me is the, the up and down play uh, of Elias this year in a lot of ways, because when he's been right, he's looked like a, a dominant number one center that he is. And I do kind of wonder as, as Lou brought it up, is he dealing with something a little bit more? Cause he just doesn't, look like himself and he's such a difference maker for this um team i wouldn't personally push him to the wing but that's that's just me wouldn't wouldn't stun me if they tried something different i think there's lots of line combinations still to to um to go uh this text says this country and city is so divided as the events of the past three years it's easy to understand people's anger and frustration they want something to cheer about it uh uh, sutter knows hockey we're in a wild card spot Everybody relax. We'll be just fine. This text says, are we really talking about Flames fans here? Sounds more like Canucks fans to me. Yeah, last night was extremely disappointing. The team is still adjusting and growing. It will find its way. More than likely, uh, these people are just piling on or not paying attention to the big picture. Uh, we'll see. And clearly by the the amount of text, it's a, it's a topic that people want to get into. I, I know it's frustrating, um, but trying to put a little bit of a positive spin on things you could be worse off. You're in a wild card spot today. You're back at it Thursday against the St. Louis Blues. This road trip continues. You haven't won anything, but somehow you've wound up with uh, two out of a possible four points. So uh, the world is not caving in on the Calgary Flames. What's next for them? We'll uh, dive into morning skate and get you ready for this Blues and the Flames tomorrow. Uh, that's a wrap on hour one. Coming up in hour two, more hockey talk. Uh, I've been talking about this for a while. I'm very excited uh, to bring on our next guest to kick off Hour 2. Uh, it's a voice people are familiar with here on Sportsnet 960. Uh, stayed in the sports world the last couple of years. Um, a guy that I, I have a lot of respect for that I'm really excited to chat about. Uh, primetime Peter Klein is set to join the program next. We'll uh, see what Klein's been up to the last little while. He's still on the Flames beat, so we'll get... Uh, Some thoughts uh, on the Flames from Peter coming up in just moments here. Plus, perfect time to bring him on amidst all the WWE news. Like, literally the best person to talk about the craziness that is WWE. And we have Klein on the show today. Uh, So, super stoked about that. Plus, don't miss it. At 1.30, the WHL's trade deadline has come and gone. The Calgary Hitman making a major move. We'll chat with GM uh, Jeff Chanelth and more coming up in Hour 2. You want to keep it locked here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.